Me and I smoked right before this interview, everyone. I smoked marijuana. Perfect. I used CBD. Perfect. Like, I needed help. I, I honestly needed help. Like, the marijuana was not enough. Smoking weed was not enough for me. I was mentally just fucked. So I did get on some pharmaceutical, like, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, like, uh, citalopram, uh, Celexa, something like that. And the side effects for an antidepressant, uh, anti-anxiety was more depression, depression and or anxiety. suicidal <laughs> thoughts and attempts. And I'm like, you know, why would I take something that could possibly make it worse when I could smoke weed, use CBD, do some edibles, try some new things with all the properties from marijuana or even other natural substances to try to help me heal instead of all the awful side of there's a long, you know, a packet you get with the pharmaceutical drugs. And they say that marijuana is a gateway drug, right? And all these other things are gateway drugs. No, pharmaceutical drugs pharmaceutical are drugs gateway, gateway drugs. drugs. Because how many veterans do you know there end up on fucking heroin and morphine and crazy meth? I mean, all sorts of addictions because the VA pushed and pushed and pushed. Wonderful day. Wonderful day. Ain't stressed about nothing right now, cause everything straight. I'm feeling so grateful, thank of my makeup for this wonderful day. Ain't tripping on nothing right now, cause everything straight. I'm feeling so grateful, thank of my makeup for this wonderful day. What's up, guys? Happy New Year's, man. I told you, you made it, man. 2020's over. What's going on? <laughs> man, <laughs> it was a crazy year. It's 2021 now. I got a I got a good year so far. It's starting off good. I got Robin here, man. She's an OIF Army veteran, man. I always get the Army guys on my show. I've been trying to find a lot of jarheads. But I always, it always seems to be an Army and Air Force person coming on to my jarhead show, man. Well, maybe, we kind of like you. Maybe that's a good influence. Maybe people are like, man, I got to hang out with some Marines sometime, right? Maybe they make us feel <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> they, help, they, they help provide us some extra crayons. I think that's why I like bringing them on the show. Yeah. A little bit of gifts here and there, you know. I'll I send you some crayons. You, man. She's, a, she's an Iraq war veteran like majority of us are. I, Iraq, Afghan, that's the era we're in, you know. You know, back in the day when the Korean War, Vietnam and all this, they didn't have the opportunities that we have now of technology where we're able to start a show. And help our brothers and sisters combat the 22 a day that we have, man. We're able to reach out and talk to each other. Even if we can't go and hang out or drink a beer together, fuck, we can have a Zoom meeting out of all things. Yeah. Shoot the shit for a little bit, you know? (laughs) After getting out of the military, I think that's the biggest struggle we have is that we lose that camaraderie. You know, for me, like I always tell you guys, my wife always tells me, you need to go make friends. Who the fuck am I friends with? I'm almost 40 years old and half these people ain't done half the shit I've done. They don't understand. Robbie can relate, right? Yes. Robbie can relate after getting out of the army. She says she has trouble trying to talk to civilians, right? What'd you say in your last episode with with the warrior mindset? It's like, fuck, I'm a civilian, right? I've been out for so damn long. Right. I'm a civilian now, right? I don't know. I've been out since 2009. <laughs> it's 2021 now, and it's like, fuck, dude. Like, I still feel like I'm, like, you know, it's the brotherhood. It's that camaraderie. Right. It's that that team that you created, you know? 
And so I got Robin here. I brought her on the show because she came across my news feed with Warrior Mindset. You know, I haven't met the gentleman yet. And I'm sure I will. I'll reach out to him and have him on the show before too long. Oh, yeah. He would but love to. He's doing some great things. You know, he's doing he's like all of us, all of us, all of us military veteran people. We're just trying to reach out to our brothers and sisters so we can reduce that number. We're tired of seeing it. I know I'm tired of seeing it every day. Another brother or sister just said I couldn't do it no more and couldn't reach pick up a phone and say, Hey, brother, I'm hurting right now. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think we struggle with is that we're too ashamed to admit that we're in trouble. Yeah, you know, being a warrior, you don't ever say you're in trouble, right? No, it's a pride thing, you know, right? We're stubborn SOBs and we're like, Yeah, I don't need help. I don't need anybody. I'm I good. Don't need nobody here. No. You know, so I got Robin here. Robin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about what, how you became a veteran and everything. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's tough. I know being a woman veteran, it's tough, man. I know you guys get a lot of back. You get a lot of hassle from people and you're like, man, I'm the fucking veteran, not my husband, right? Oh, God, I can't stand that. So, yes, I am one of those women with the stickers on the back of my truck because I also kind of drive a dude truck, sort of. So I have veteran stickers, but I'm like woman veteran in pink because I don't even like pink. OK, but I, it's just hard. It's hard because I'm proud that I serve my country. I'm also I also feel like I didn't do enough, but I know that a lot of us feel like, you know, we should have, could have, would have done more. Um, But yeah, I joined when I was 17, uh, the delayed entry program. Uh, I, I don't know when I was eight, nine years old, I was at the Clark County local fair and there was like the Humvees, like the old school Humvees, Vietnam era type old school um, Shit, that's what they still yeah. have. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Down armored, <laughs> shitty ones that are all like, you know, forest green and black and shit. No oh, shit. Back in 03, we deployed with uh, the, the Vietnam era Humvees. We didn't yeah. have no body armor. The doors falling <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, shit. It won't shut. So you got 550 cord tying that bitch shut. Like, no shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you can't fix it with some fucking duct tape <laughs> and some 550 cord, then absolutely. you can't fix anything. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I just, I saw a female in uniform and I, in my mind, all the old war veteran movies, all, everything my dad ever saw, cowboy shit, he's kind of misogynistic, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, women didn't belong in the military. So of course, being the rebel at heart that I was, I was just like, oh, you said I, I can't be in the military because <laughs> I have a vagina and I was only eight, but I was just like, there's a woman in uniform and she was beautiful and she was surrounded by a bunch of men, but she looked like a badass. So I just left my parents and walked over and was like, can I get in your car thing, your, your tank thing, you know? And she's like, it's a Humvee, go ahead, sweetie. And I was like, can I go in the army? Like, when can I join? Can I be with my, you're a woman. And she's like, women are in the military. And I was like, they are, you know, just kind of in <laughs> awe. And so she told me to sign a little, you know, the little forms, you can sign your information. And she let me do it to feel special. And she's like, we'll come find you when you're 18. We'll come find you. And I was like, okay, so sure (laughs) shit, you know, recruiters found me and um, senior year or junior year, probably senior year, senior year. And uh, I just joined the army and I knew I was never coming back. (laughs) And here I am back in Vancouver, whatever. So so why the army out of all branches? Why the army? Just because you see (sighs) because the marines (laughs) so i was dating i was dating a boy william wald he's a dead marine now so 
he didn't die in combat, but he died in an awful way. He, yeah, yeah. Um, ugh. So okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, it just—it's sad. He's been gone a long time, but it's still, you know, it's always there. No, absolutely, um, it's always there. Yeah. Uh, so Will, his brother, had joined the Marines, and when his brother came back, this badass Marine, you know, he was like, "Oh, I'm going to the Marines, honey. I'm sorry, you go Army, whatever." He's like, "Join the dark side, come to the Marines." I was like, well, but the Marines have separate boot camp for women and men. Like, that's bullshit. I want to be treated. I was a feminist. Okay. I'm a little bit of a feminist. I was like, I will be treated just like the boys and I will do whatever boys can do and I'll do it better. Um, yeah. So we went our own way. He went, became a Marine. Uh, when I was on Operation Noble Eagle, though, guarding the Pentagon during the reconstruction after 9 11, mm-hmm. he was stationed as a presidential guard with Bush. So he was actually one of Bush's security team and like you know that he was was a badass he was so real badass (laughs) and he was a gorgeous man let me tell you (laughs) sorry Becky and sorry his family sorry mom (laughs) Um, but damn was William Christopher Wold not the most gorgeous fucking marine I've ever seen in my life (laughs) all Um, fit and everything in shape and looking good in little dress blues and stuff Seriously. So anyways, I ended up seeing him years later and and we were friends. I mean, he, he struggled. He had, um, he had a lot of demons, but, uh, yeah, I just, I joined the army because I felt like I would be treated more equally (laughs) funny, um, you know, but still my brothers out there know that, you know, our PT stuff was different. Our scoring, our, you know, our weight, our everything is different and we do get, um, I don't know what you would call it. I, I'd, privileged, I guess, maybe, because I have a vagina. I don't know. Um, I, it just sucked. It sucked because I was always told I was fat and overweight at 135 pounds, five it, foot three. Yeah, yeah, I was a fatty, fair. you know, and I needed to be taped all the time. T- I would never made weight, never made weight, even with a 300 PT score or higher. Yeah, what the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> just, yeah, nothing's ever good enough. Uh, uh, I don't know. I just... Uh, I have respect for all the branches, of course. I mean, chair force. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I had to. I had to. You got the space Um, force now. You got the space (laughs) force now. I want to see how those guys come out. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of jealous, though. Like, can they? Are they going to like tell people they're astronauts? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, space force real. Space commanders. (laughs) (laughs) Like, take up space force. I don't know. I don't know what the world's coming to but uh i know that there's not always no one's perfect right we're veterans we we've made mistakes we've fucked up a lot of us have had drinking problems (laughs) especially when when you come back from deployment i mean all a blur i did i went and bought me a 12 pack as soon as i got back I remember calling my mom from like my closet sized little room. It was actually technically a closet. Um, it wasn't the only room they had in the barracks. And I remember I was laying on the cold tile, disgusting floor, just in my own vomit. Like <laughs> what mom? And she's like, it's only like 11 o'clock in the morning there. What are you doing? I'm like, I so drunk last night. <laughs> and she's like, well, and then boom, 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 boom. Hey Mac, hey Mac, Sergeant Mac, are you coming? And I'm like, what? what the fuck? Everything's shaking. We're going drinking. (laughs) Like, holy fuck. 
I just got home, I think. And they're like, it's 11 o'clock. Let's go. And then you just, you know, You're like, what the shit, shower, shave, and drink again. <laughs> Start all over again, right? Yeah, I don't know. That was the story. That was the story. I think that's how it was. With the first, my first year I was in, I went to... So, I'm, like I said, I've been with my wife for 20 years. I met her back <laughs> in 2000. I joined boot camp in 2000. January of 01 is when I joined. Okay. Before. It was January of 01. She was still in high school when I met her. Like, she um... was... But she's a tough shit. She's a tough shit. Like I said, I was only 17. So she was 16. I was only 17. And uh, she finished out two years of college or high school in one year. She, oh, did her junior, she did her junior and senior year in one year because she didn't because her she, she grew up in a rough life. Like, you know, she didn't have both parents and she's got a huge story. Like she could tell you and you're just like, holy fuck, how are you so happy? And how are you so you, you know, and she's a hustler like you said she's a hustler she when she sees something she wants she knows what she needs to do to get it you know that's awesome i need to meet her put oh, her on a, what are you doing i'm just kidding right? she's freaking <laughs> awesome she's she's awesome <laughs> she really is she's on my wednesday episodes with veteran trash talk we're always okay. on there. we always bullshit on every wednesday and awesome. so but she she's gone home man and just to know i mean she she is she's she knows how it is and that shit i mean the shit i've put her through i'm like why are you still with me like you said, you've been through your share of divorces, right? Every veteran has been through their mm. share of divorces, you know? Yeah. Got and a couple under my belt. You know? And a lot of people do. They have a couple under their belt. You're just like, fuck. I thought I talked to one guy. He was on his fifth marriage. I was like, what the fuck is wrong Jesus. with you? Okay. I'm like, okay. I'm doing good. You couldn't figure it out four times before this. And you're still doing it again. Like I told my wife, I said, you are it. There's no more. Like, don't, don't. I will never get married again. I said, as much work and effort that goes into it just i said me i'm fucked up in the head and you still tolerate the stupid shit i put you through. you <laughs> yeah. still tolerate me like she's like i will never get married again like you are it i will never do this for anybody else ever again I you said, gotta work for it people just give up you just gotta work for it they do you know and like i said i've given her multiple reasons i've been selfish i've done stupid shit a lot of stupid shit i've been selfish but she's still here and she's still giving me the opportunity to be here with her and i'm like fuck dude like i'm blessed i'm blessed beyond all measures you know and every time every time i look at it, i was like i am so blessed like every day i tell her i said thank you thank you for waking up here again with me another day you know because you could have just said fuck this i'm done i can't do this no more and just leave you know and so it, it's crazy that the, the, the nonsense is crazy with it you know and i don't know you know it, i think that's what i think what what a lot of us struggle with is not having a support system mm -hmm. you know with the shit yeah. that we battle every day is not having that support system and dealing with the shit that we did. Because, I mean, the shit I did in Iraq wasn't like everybody else that, you know, people are seeing bodies, people are shooting at people, people are doing this, people are doing that. I was a fucking pogue. I was I was an engineer. I was engineer support is what I was, you know. And where I went, I went with the air wing. I, I was swinging with the wings, what we say in the Marine Corps. You swinging with the wing. I went swinging with the wing and then bitches mm -hmm. deployed me twice. And so our mission was to support. We're going to support. We're going to support. The, so back in 03, we supported the mission. Bodies in, supplies in, bodies out type mission. And then back in 05, when I deployed again, we supported the base there, the air base. We had to ensure that the flight line was operational. So same thing. Supplies out, bodies in type mission. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did here. I mean, you, you, you're a little badass, I hear. Oh. talking about warrior mindset you was a little badass <laughs> from the story yeah. you're telling us tell me a little bit about what you did while you was in the army um 
I mean, I don't, I don't think I was a badass. I, I, I struggle with that, that, that I struggle with since I only did one tour, you know, and I, yeah, but the army's one tours are fucking long as hell. <laughs> yeah, 12, 13 months. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I just, I just knew so many fucking heroes. Really. I knew so many good, I was with so many amazing men and women that some of them are still serving to this day. And I felt bad. I was, I was, I was, thinking about what I told Eric on warrior mindset. And I was like, God, there were so many people I wanted to name drop and, and be like, you know, like captain Lynn Rolf, like he's part of so many organizations helping so many veterans. And there's all these people that I was lucky enough to serve with that I feel like were real badasses and, and real heroes. You know, um, I just, I went to Fort Leonard, Missouri for basic, uh, right after I graduated high school, I left two weeks after graduating. Um, and then while well, I was in basic slash AIT, cause I went, you know, basic training and then job training in one, I didn't take a break in between. Yeah. September 11th happened and you know, we didn't have TVs or news or radios. So when they rolled in the old school TV on a, you know, cart, like in grade school, like in a crazy, uh, right? yeah, I, we all laughed. We were like, really they could come up with better graphics or better shit like they're fucking with us right like planes hit the twin towers oh absolutely now we're in the middle of a typhoon when that shit was on i saw my guys really? they were in the uh they were in the common area they had a tv in the common area and i was like what the fuck y'all watching man it's like a good movie they said that's a twin towers i said get the fuck in out real life <laughs> fucking twin like, towers and i watched that second plane hit and i was like oh fuck yeah like, yeah no shit that's like, that's like when the world just fucking stopped yeah absolutely absolutely my yeah. wife told me that day when she was in school that day and she said that all her teachers and all her classmates looked at her and just started hugging her and said it's gonna be okay because they knew i was already in the marine corps i was in okinawa you know i was in okinawa i was a i was an engineer i was i was tearing apart diesel engines i was tearing out big ass diesel we would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180 for being a sponsor. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Diesel engines, tearing them out and putting them in and putting in new generators and fixing all kinds of shit. And I was doing that. I was like, oh, we gonna go anywhere? Like, like wait, oh dude, your support, you ain't doing shit. You ain't doing shit right now. <laughs> I think that first thought for all of us was like, oh shit, we're going to war. Yeah. Like for real. Like for real. And like, you know, then you think about all the awesome vets. I had the honor of meeting like Vietnam and Korean and like all those people that actually had some war stories. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Like I never, I really thought I would go to war. I joined the army to escape my shitty childhood, escape my shitty town, my shitty family. A lot of people do that. You know, a lot of people do that. I think my wife is like, you know what? A lot of people do that, but the Marines, I said, what do you mean? She's like, the Marines are, Hey, bitch, you about to go to jail or you going to join the Marine Corps? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. She's like, That's but the Marines won't so take just anybody. The Marines don't take just anybody. Then you all send them over to the Army because they're just like, we'll take them. We'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take them. Oh, shit. That's the two branches. Like, my uncle, my uncle retired out of the Army. He he retired. He was a, he 
he, he'll tell you he died hard 82nd Airborne, but he didn't retire from 82nd. He was freaking, he retired out of San Antonio, down to <laughs> San Antonio. So he retired out of there. My dad was an Army Reservist, and he retired after 20 plus years, you know. I told the, my uncle got mad at me because I deployed to Iraq before he deployed. He had been to every war that you could imagine from the freaking 80s until Iraq and Afghanistan, you know. I don't, he never made it to Afghanistan, but he made it to Iraq finally. And he was pissed because I was on my second deployment before he made his first deployment. So it's bullshit. It's bullshit, you know. And, and I so, didn't even know when I was a civvy. I didn't even know before joining the army. Like there was people going to Egypt and Syria and all these other countries doing not worst, you know what I mean? Like yeah. missions that were not just peacetime stuff, you know? And, and it's crazy to think about, there's so many operations and so many soldiers and Marines okay. and every, that do tons of deployments that no one has a fucking clue about. That's what, make, that's, what, that's what keeps America great. That's what keeps us where we're at. That's why we are a superpower because a lot of people don't understand what it takes to serve in the military, you know? Some people may never ever see combat. Some people may, may never ever deploy. It may be just a job that they do for the next four years. But it depends on what you do for those next four years that determines your outcome of what, you, of what happens during your career. You yeah. know, like I said, I was listening. To, I've been listening to Team Never Quit, and they always, you know, Mark Luttrell, badass Navy SEAL and shit, and he always gets all the badass people on the show. I'm trying to one day, hopefully, I can get to that point where I can bring some, I can bring some, you know, some of these Medal of Honor recipients on here. You yeah. know, they look at me and they're like, "Oh, this guy just talking about weed, man." I, I tell you about the no, so much more plant can do. You know, what I'm saying, don't. I'm trying to break the stigma. That's my biggest thing is breaking the stigma. The government mm -hmm. told you it was bad, so guess what? But how many of us actually listen to what the fuck the government tells us? <laughs> you know i'm tired of listening right. to government. you know everybody's like everybody gets mad at these politicians i said it's not a left-wing right-wing thing dude all those no. motherfuckers are in it for for themselves they don't give a fuck about what you what you think you believe in or what your rights are they don't care mm -hmm. they're politicians they're worried about making their six figures a year getting everything they need and lying in their pockets they're lining yeah. pockets with everything, with all the lobbyists and all the other shit that's out there, dude. They don't care about you. They really don't care, you know? Mm -hmm. And so with the bullshit that happens, it's just like the government is, is a horrible thing, man. It's, it's horrible, you know? Like I said, I've been battling with my job. I work for the federal government. I said, yeah, I use THC to deal with the bullshit that you gave me by giving <laughs> me the honor to go fight for this country. But yet it's a bad thing because you don't like it. Yeah. You classified it back in the 70s and say it's as bad as crack cocaine. I said. Right. And it doesn't make them any money. So yeah, why they would don't they make care? Any money and they don't have any regulation on it. That's why they that's why they're so against it, because they can't regulate it because anybody yep. can grow it. You can grow it anywhere. It's a plant, you know. Yes. And that's the biggest thing that sucks about it, you know. And so you went on and you you deployed, you said you got to do the, you got to protect the Pentagon during 9-11. Yeah, I so got you fresh, you fresh boo. You said you went to Lennonwood <laughs> and straight from Lennonwood, straight to the Pentagon. You're like, what the fuck am I saying? Well, I went, I went to Camp Fort Riley, Kansas uh, for a couple months. And then we went to the Pentagon. You're like um, fresh, fresh. You were like, oh shit, I just learned how to do this job. Yes. And, and I never got to really be a real cop. That's what sucked. Cause I thought, you know, I wanted to be a real police officer was kind of like my goal. And that if I ever did get out of the military or retire from the military, I'll just go into law enforcement and have a second retirement. Right. So that was my <laughs> idea. Right. Like, I mean, everybody's got plans, but, um, so for Riley, Kansas was, 
I mean, it's Kansas. There's not much out there, right? So I live in Oklahoma, uh, so I can I can get kind of <laughs> But it was it was the the 300th Military Police Company. Uh, you know, I only served technically in two companies my five years, so I say it's the best. Sorry, 55th from Korea, but I mean, I, I deployed with those guys. That's my fam. That's my blood right there. You know. Um, I, we went and guarded the Pentagon for six months and that was weird. It was weird having like up armored Humvees, guns loaded in the, your gunner up in the turret and you're driving the streets of DC and civilians are like, what the fuck? They got like convoys of security going to guard the Pentagon. And it just felt funny doing that on American soil. Like it kind of brought everything more to a reality of like, you know, someone brought war inside our country and when was the last time that happened you know when when was the last time someone attacked us in such a way uh i know there's a lot of people conspiracy theories it was an inside job blah 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 whatever (laughs) whatever you believe if you believe that too either way either way somebody did something fucked up and killed a lot of fucking people whatever you believe in i'm not here to judge anybody's beliefs or gods whatever but um when you're sitting there guarding and protecting really important people that can make huge impact in our country every day and you're sitting there thinking about at any minute someone could attack these people or blow up the pentagon or a plane into it or kill these people it just kind of like hits home you're you're 18 you're barely 18 years old 19 years old and you have such an important job. It's kind of fucking terrifying, <laughs> you no, know, like no, absolutely. you're responsible you're for you're so many that lives. That's what I was telling my son. I have my son in the car and he, like I said, we're listening to, to, to a podcast. I like to listen to other podcasts to see how I can better my podcast. See if there's something yeah. I can do a little bit more different or whatever. Maybe there's something they're doing that I, I might like, I might not like, you know, but they had the kid, they read Kyle Carpenter's award for the medal of honor. And I told my son, I said, listen to this. And he's talking about what he did. He said, Oh, I said, he was like 19, son. He was like 19, 19. 20 years old. He was a, a baby. baby. Yeah. He was a baby. That dude couldn't even that dude couldn't even legally go to the store to buy a beer. No. But he took a grenade to his chest and saved his brother. Oh. And I would say, this guy has demons that I know haunt him oh, every God. single yeah. day. Him and Dakota Meyer. Dakota Meyer takes a different perspective than Medal of Honor. He'll tell you. He said, don't call me a Medal of Honor recipient. I don't like that. He said, I've tried to mail this medal back to the president of the United States because I don't want it. And I said, he's taking a whole different perspective because what happens, like you say, when, when you get older and you have your own kids, you look at it and you look at life a little bit more differently. You know what I'm saying? You take life a little bit more differently than what you would when you're 18, 19 years old, you know? And he tells them, he's like, don't call me a Medal of Honor recipient, dude. I, I say, I won't call you that, dude. You're my brother. I'm going to call you brother. I'm here for you. Whatever you need, you know, because it's a whole different club. I mean, there's a lot of med- living Medal of Honor recipients right now due to the war. Due to the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, there's a lot of Medal of Honor recipients that are still alive that are dealing with some demons, you know. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, here with the Stone Vet, this is what I do is try to bring people on to talk. This is my therapy. I love doing this. This is my therapy to be able to hang out with somebody. 
Eric was the first one to interview me ever. I've never spoken publicly where anyone could see it uh, outside of like a veteran community. You know, I've never talked about any of it to anybody other than people that know me intimately. I mean, some of my best friends, my best friend, Heather, since kindergarten, I still have never had conversations with her about about the stuff. She's married to a military guy, you know, so she, she understands she's survived a lot of deployments with her husband and she's not a typical civilian, but I still don't talk to people about it, but I just realized, you know, I'm getting closer to 40 and it's, it's creeping up quick, ain't it? <laughs> creeping up, And I realized like, what if, what if my shitty, barely on just under five year military career, one deployment didn't do much with my life, honestly, like what if just my little bitty story could help one veteran Ugh, this is emotional. Not submit to the 22 a day, you know, like what, no, if, absolutely. what if just one little thing, you know, or what if I can help legalize fucking marijuana and it, that in, in itself would save hundreds and thousands of veterans just from sheer fucking overdoses of pharmaceutical meds or down a dark path of meth or whatever. Like I just, the thought of me being able to help one person even if I didn't serve with them, we're, you're still my brother. I didn't serve with you. I just met you today. Absolutely. <laughs> but I still, you're my family now. So oh, absolutely. And that's what I tell people. I said, I don't give a damn what branch you're in. I don't care. You signed that damn dotted line. You stood in that fucking municipal, that municipal freaking lobby. You raised your right hand. Some of y'all might be left because you all some grunts or whatever. You don't know you're right from your left, <laughs> but you raised your hand. And you said, I will protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I will defend you. I will take a bullet for you. I don't know what walk of life you came from. You yourself, you you didn't have a very good walk before you joined the military. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people have different walks of life. Some were rich and they were given the silver spoon, the golden spoon, whatever the hell you want to call it. They were given everything when they were a kid. And there's some kids... The fuck, they don't know who their mom or their dad is. They grew up in a foster care system. They turned 18. They said, I gotta get something better for myself. I need to join a military. I need to join the military because that's my ticket out. They can teach, they can teach me some things. They can teach me how to be an adult, or they can try to teach me how to be an adult. Maybe how I'll, I'll start having money come in because I've never had money before. And maybe I can learn a couple of things, or I can meet some people that might be able to influence my life. When I grow up to be an adult, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest struggle is that a lot of people don't understand that. You know, I, I've talked to some civilians and I've seen some movies and some things like this. And I've, I've had civilians come watch movies with me. And there one, there's a scene in one of them. The guy jumped on the grenade and the guy looked at me and said, why would he do that? I said, why wouldn't he? <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm going home. I'm done. I can't talk to you. I can't. Like, you, you don't understand. Like in the Marine Corps, that's one thing they teach you. If that fucking grenade comes up and it's right there, you better get on top of that fucking thing. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody has thing. to jump on Somebody's it. I don't care who it. you are. Somebody's <laughs> got to jump on it to protect the area. You know, Kyle yeah. Carpenter did it. He'll tell you. And a lot of people tell you that's a badass motherfucker. Like, he he laid his ass out on a grenade and took it to the chest. He said it. He said, I spent three years in surgery. Three years he spent in surgery before yeah. they could before he could live life again, you know? 
he'll tell you about his struggles. You can find any kind of podcast with him talking on it. Hopefully one day I can get him on the stone vet and he can talk to us a little bit about it to be able to tell us how he's yeah. doing, what he's doing, how he's doing, what he's doing, you know? But that's my biggest struggle is just trying to get my brothers and sisters to, hey, dude, we're here. Like you, Robin, I ain't know, like I never met you before. We've talked on, we've talked on Facebook and now we're talking now. I never met you one day in my life. This is the first day I've met you, but it's yeah. comfortable. I can talk to you. Yeah, definitely. We're here. You know, we took the same oath to say, I will take your six. I got your six. Mm -hmm. If I see somebody coming up behind you, I'm going to make sure I can take them out before they get to you. Yep. Because that's what we're supposed to do as brothers and sisters. We took that oath to protect each other. And the mission of the Stone Vet is to protect our brothers and sisters, to make sure that they know, hey, we got you six. I always stress you have to build your community around you, regardless of where you're at. You're up in Washington. I'm in Oklahoma. You, There's veterans all 50 states, hundreds of thousands of veterans in this country. The biggest thing is reaching out to you and say, hey, man, what are you doing tonight? Let's go get a drink. Let's go get a burger. Let's go get fat and nasty together and just hang out. I need somebody to talk to for a little bit. All right, dude, let me let me move some things around. I got you, dude, because I guarantee you. There's not a lot more things more important than your brother and your sister. You know what I'm saying? Let me see what I can do. Let me look at my schedule. I ain't got nothing going on. Yeah, let's meet up on this day at this time. Let's go have a burger together. Let's go have a shake or whatever the case may be or go have a drink, whatever your poison is, but go hang out, you know, smoke a blunt, go smoke a blunt, <laughs> go smoke a bowl, whatever your poison is, go hang out, dude, because that's the biggest thing is just having that camaraderie and knowing that you have somebody there to your left and to your right to take care of you, you know. Overseas and camouflage. Ain't just my name right now, cause everything's straight. I'm feeling so grateful. Thank you, my makeup.